0: Back to Paperback Besties, where we are two besties who like to read and like to talk about it. I'm Rachel.
1: I'm Callan. And today we are going into the second half of Fragile Threads of Power by V.E. Schwab. Also, this is one of the first episodes that we've recorded since we actually posted the podcast. So to all of our um, three three to five listeners out there, make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Our handle should be no secret. It is at Paperback Besties, I believe, for both of them. Yes. We are upping our social media game, and we'll be doing more fun things on there.
0: Yeah. So, <clears throat> Fragile Threads of Power. Yes. I finished it at one thirty last night.
1: I noticed. I saw your Goodreads. <laughs> it was like six hours ago. It was like six hours ago. That was, oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> yeah. I stayed up late, and I finished it. Because yesterday, when I got home from work, I didn't have any books on the shelves, and I didn't mm-hmm. like it. So I was like, I have to put my books up. And then we had dinner and everything, and I went to bed, and I was like, I need to finish the book. And I wanted to finish the book. So I stayed up late and I finished it. And I cried a little bit. Uh, Yeah. I
1: I miss it so much. I miss the world. But it's coming back. It's kind of like Harry Potter-esque in the sense where, to me, this world will always be comforting.
0: Yeah. That's nice. Well, because it's like a fantasy world that you get really immersed in and you get really attached to these characters. And then it's over and you're like, oh. I'm very attached to the characters. I am very attached to most of them. Okay, yeah, most of them. There's like one or two. I'm like, hey. yeah, I like him, but I'm like, hey. yeah, for me, it's Alucard. I like Alucard yeah. in the last series. This one, he's just a little bit too. So far, he's he hasn't had much to do. He's just kind of been like there. I like his scenes with Kel and
1: then his scenes with Lila. Mm-hmm. Granted, I like any scene with Kel or Lila. I like when Alucard's engaged in something and not like his own bullshit.
0: Yeah. He had a period of time in the beginning of the book where he was kind of just being like overprotective and dad, mm-hmm. and that's not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But in the second half of the book, he did have like a couple like action sequences. Yeah. He got more exciting. So, yeah. So we left off on part six. Hard. The six. strands converge, which seems
1: appropriate. Yes, because things are kind of converging at this point. Yes, lila is going around the city and she finds out about haskins and the coin because i think she goes to like a pleasure garden Mm -hmm. so calen which i mentioned to evan i was like there's a character with my name in here but they spelled it c-a-l-i-n and i was like so people actually like know how it's pronounced because that's how it sounds and he's like well if it's a one l then it should be a soft l so shouldn't it be like caitlin or should it be a soft I a- i don't know what he fucking said never mind and i was like whatever i'm not good at phonics i don't care
0: um i think she pronounced it calen when she was talking about the character if she said my name i would have collapsed so i don't know <laughs> maybe i would have like thought of her instagram story i
1: would okay maybe because i would have thought she's talking about me and i would have fell face down
0: <laughs> so i don't Co- think so <laughs> collapsed <laughs> anyway so this... side note i found this book and i sent you a screenshot but i thought yeah. it was really funny <laughs> so i was looking because i kind of forgot that i had kindle unlimited and i was bored at work today as i always am and i was looking at kindle unlimited books and there was one that was like a witchy rom-com and i was like oh i would read that and i read the description and the male lead's name is callen spelled like your name mm-hmm. and i was like there's no way in hell it's called the modern girl's guide to magic and it looks like a great book i would want to read it but i just want to like fi- like find and change his name to something else colin anything because i cannot read a sex scene with your name in it i think it's weird <laughs> I-, I would think it's weird especially if he was like talking dirty yeah. <laughs>
1: Or if she was talking dirty like to him. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, think of like, you know, those Kindle Unlimited books where like the female has five orgasms and like yeah, she's, she's always screaming his name. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird.
0: That's what I was thinking. Cause yeah. I was like, I can deal with like him being, you know, like it's an, it's pretending like it's an enemies to lovers thing, I guess. And it's like, oh, she's like, he's like walking down the street. She's like, oh, there goes Catelyn. There's a side character. I was like, oh, I cannot read that book. It looks great though. <laughs> I would want to. I cannot.
1: <laughs> so, there's a character named Callan. A- he is apparently hideous and ugly. Good for him. This is when she's aren't trying all... to... What?
0: I said, aren't we all
1: gone? Yeah. This is when she's trying to fix the... She's acting like she's trying to fix it, but she's actually, like, taking it apart. Oh, yeah. I actually... Yeah. I love that
0: for her. Yeah. She doesn't go looking for trouble, but she kind of knows what she's doing. hmm No, I like that for her because she... That's, like, what I would do, you know? Like, nobody else can see what you're doing, so Mm -hmm. why not? I don't know if I think quick enough. Probably not. I probably wouldn't either. (laughs) But when you're reading it and you're thinking to yourself, like, why don't you just break it? Or, you know, why don't you just do something else? They can't see that you're fixing it. Like, why would you go along with their... Those are the thoughts that I have in these situations, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that she also had that thought. She's like, I'm just going to break it. They won't. She's pretty smart. I mean, she um, made a whole ruse of a
1: business to fixing things, and that's how she has her living. I don't know how she handles, like, taxes and stuff, being a 15-year-old, but hopefully they don't have that much taxes in Red London.
0: So Lila goes... To -hmm. the wrong pleasure garden. Right. She
1: goes to the wrong pleasure garden, but she does get some information about haskins and then she's on her way back but then she realizes she's being followed by a kid who was sent by the queen red herring moment but then so then she's like okay leave me alone she goes back to the tavern realizes kell is not there Mm -hmm. can't sleep so she goes travels to the palace in his room and falls asleep as soon as she's next
0: to him so why does that warm my heart so much i loved it I thought it was so cute, and it was it was plot wise unnecessary, but it necessary. was just so special that it was in there.
1: Yes, it's every every scene that kind of shows Lila being like a little softy mm-hmm. is necessary for me for my mental health. Thank you, V cute moment because this is when kel and like rye were like drinking on the roof so he's kind of passed out Next Scene, we get to white london so we get a little more of casica's backstory mm-hmm. of them kind of holding a meeting without her and then her like mere guard main guard kills the other guard who like is talking shit about her for some reason i feel like that's really important
0: yeah she was throwing up flags all over the place this this whole time i think She had like a tipping point one third of the way into the book where she seemed really cute and sweet, and then she killed that guy during the tithe, and then everything after that, I was like, I don't trust this bitch at all. I don't know,
1: and it it can go either way. And I again wouldn't be—I want to be pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. So I have a note here back to because we're flipping a lot. We're going from Red London to White London. We're back to Red London. I have a note that Tess can clearly hold her own against Bex and Callan. I mean, she crumbles down her own shop, which, you know, takes a lot of balls. They run after her anyway. She gets stabbed, and then she uses the doormaker to go back to Grey London.
0: Throwback to in the first book when Kel was stabbed and he went into Grey London and he was just walking around bleeding. Oh. That's what she did. I just had that thought just now. Oh, my God. Look at
1: that. Yeah. I love that. That's really cool that she did that. So then we're coming up onto to the point where I texted you and I was like, are you reading? And you said, no, not at this moment. Better at read a little last night. Hmm. And I said, OK, because <laughs> clearly you weren't where I was at because um, yeah. we had just had the we just recorded last week that Holland has returned.
0: Oh, my God. I think I read the next morning or something, or mm-hmm. that night, and I texted you in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. god! And I immediately know yeah. what had happened. And <laughs> yes. she had said when we saw her, somebody asked a question, and they said, "Can you think of any like standout lines in this book?" Because the other se- the other series had a couple like standout lines.
1: Let me you remember tell this? you. Yes, because I Rachel, that has been in my mind since I started reading, and I actually have a note here to ask you. Yeah. What you think it was?
0: Because I am. I think it's Hello Holland. <laughs> Really? I think it is. Yeah, because, so somebody asked a question, they were like, what do you think your standout lines is? Because in the last ones, it was, you know, whatever I am, let it be enough. And like, big standout tattoo level quotes. And she said that there's a couple, there's, there is nowhere you will go, said the Antari to her prince that I will not follow, which is the (laughs) end. And then she said, you know, the you came, uh, you called thing, which is a sound on TikTok is it yeah why haven't i seen it i'm gonna find a couple i'll send them to you stay tuned to the paperback besties tiktok i'm gonna figure out a way to use that sound yeah and then she said there's one and i'm not gonna spoil it for you but it's about halfway through the book and it takes place in white london and one person in the audience had read the book apparently and they're like that's a good one and she's like oh you read it and i have been waiting for that line i forgot she said it was in white
1: london or else that would have really made this a lot more easier for me (laughs) i've been waiting for that line i was looking for it and then i saw that and i was like that's the line <laughs> okay thank you i cannot sleep tonight
0: Shooketh. it never go back to white london until later mm-hmm. like we completely think we only see her again in part nine so part we nine. Skip two whole sections yeah. without even touching on the fact that holland is alive and the next part opens up to red london
1: this is really good the guy who the meeting of the Mm -hmm. hand that we find out while we're reading that it's a meeting of the hand so it's the guy who runs the veil mystery woman and then a guy who we find out is barris henry aka alucard's older brother not surprised by that
0: information at all
1: not surprised at all it wasn't like a hello holland situation i was like oh okay this makes that makes i kind of forgot about him and then I was like, oh yeah that makes sense he already hates the king yeah he's a homophobe he hates alucard for having magic and he can't do anything and at that point i'm like okay who is this mystery woman I, I was right. You were right. I fell for the red her- herring. I, might like, I was okay, like, okay, the queen's suspect, but I liked her too much. I, I just my, like people who want to be left alone, and then I also like Lila, who just murders everybody. But whatever.
0: <laughs> I, I was thinking about this actually because I was like, I don't remember another time. I have two two things where I couldn't remember another time, and then it happened here in V.E. Schwab books where there was a red herring like this. Like a so blatant red herring. Typically, like, if somebody has flags, like, mm. red flags that come up, it's proven right. Like, it's pretty obvious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once somebody ha- throws red flags, that that person is going to do something bad. Like, in the last series, the uh, captain that took them to the floating market, yes, who ended up betraying them, like, yes. she was throwing flags, and yeah. she ended up being a bad person. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, Yeah, surprised. I was
1: skeptical of her from the beginning. Yeah, I wasn't. I was completely, like forgot
0: about her i'm skeptical of everybody that, <laughs> like that's the thing i'm skeptical of everybody and i yeah my instinct for these this mystery woman was either the queen or um the Avenessen, and you were right i think that's why i skip
1: ahead so much because i immediately meet a new character i'm skeptical of them so i go forward to <laughs> be like do i have to spend this whole time on edge or not <laughs> i didn't do that with this book hmm. that's how you know that you're involved good job Thank you, and I also know you're like like in it. I like how I like how that transitioned into the next chapter, though. Like a huge red herring moment. That's when Alucard woke up to see a nightmare, and he goes down to find the queen because she's usually up and like they're chill, and she's not there. And -hmm. you're like, hmm, 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 but she's just like, I was getting tea, and I'm like, okay, that tea is a little too hot. (laughs) So that's where I went. I'm, like, detective. So, I fell yeah. for it. Yeah, and there's more in that scene because he finds the three Antaria rings, flashback from the previous one, and she's, like, fucking with it. And she's, like, taking his magic but, like, can't figure it out. And then um, there's the shackle type. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I keep calling them shackles. I don't know what they were called in the book. There's a wrist cuff, and that takes the magic of the person who's wearing it. And whoever has on the ring, kind of like the matching ring, takes that. Cuff's power, and he's like, "Get away! Get, like, throw that away. We don't need that in the wrong hands." And she's like, "No, I'm making shit." So suspicious. that that
0: whole chapter, you're just suspect. But I'm like, "Go ahead, <laughs> you make your stuff." I still think that's a little. Why do you feel the need to make that? I don't know. a little suspicious We got two more books. I could still. It's true. She could still true. do. True. She weird. could. I. I wouldn't be surprised. Because later she's like, "Oh, I'm just defending my family." I'm like, "How is that defending your family?"
1: She does make a really good point later on, though. I actually have a note on that. Okay, one. good. Okay, so yeah, then we do go back to light London sooner than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of get a little bit of Holland's ghost backstory, but really we just find that kind of where Cossica ventured into his room for the first time, found all of his Antari traveling rings, and she goes to black London.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is kind of this and then the next chapter together for her, that I'm. it's good to know that she's terrified of it. Yes. And she wasn't like, ooh, let me spend more time here. Like, she got there. She was confused. She was scared. She was like, holy shit, can I even get back? She hasn't, to our knowledge, that was what, like four years ago? She hasn't gone back since. And this is a- another chapter ahead. But she's like, once she gets back, she's like, no one touch me. Draw me a bath. Don't touch, like burn my clothes. So that that's what makes me suspect her a little bit less. Granted, she could have ulterior motives than just being a dark black london evil person but Mm -hmm. i don't know that makes me okay with her a little bit still suspicious yeah
0: because i think she's a little when it comes to holland i think she's a little wishy-washy like she she just because she worships him Mm -hmm. so he wants to do something and i'm suspicious of holland Mm. truly being a hundred percent holland because we don't really get as far as i can remember maybe i'm wrong tell me if i'm wrong but we don't really get like a a real concrete explanation as to like what he is he's like oh there must be magic still in this place and that's what drew me there or there's magic in you and that's what drew me there i chose you well if you were dead how were you choosing
1: yeah i actually have that as a note it's a little suspicious i actually have it tabbed too so i can ask you about this i'll just jump to it right now who gives a fuck on page 440 It's the very top. He he shook his head. He's like, you found my body, but I was no longer there. Kostika frowned. If you weren't there, how did you choose me? And this is where I'm like, I don't get what's happening. His eyes, his green eye briefly darkened, silence stretched between them, growing heavier with each passing second until Holland reached out and brought his hand to rest on her head. What matters is that I did. And that's not the only interaction they had where she's like asking a question. He's like, like something crossed his face
0: and she can't read it. And we don't get an answer. So I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, who is she to question him? Yeah, and then she's trying to decipher the shadow. I don't know. And I think it's suspicious. And I hate to do this to Holland because he's been through enough. I know. But I don't really fully 100% believe that like the Holland that is in the spirit version is 100% the Holland that we saw die in the last book.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: with that. And I have another part because he seems a little like more majestic than he normally was. He was a little more down to earth and real. And he seems like he's very much like, I am a saint. And I'm like, I don't know if Holland, even if he, I don't know. I just don't feel like right. it's him.
1: Good point. I do have another note from part nine where, and I don't know which page, but it it's in there that he tells her about the other worlds he tells her about Lila he tells her about Kel and I'm glad that that information like came from him whoever he is if he's evil Holland or semi-evil Holland or Holland I'm glad that came from him because no one else in the Veer or who she has in her court knows the true story and at least Holland does because he's fought alongside them and she even questioned like why should I care about these other worlds and I think that's when Holland brings up choosing her again um, I don't know the full. I mean, I can probably find it in a bit. I have a note here. I'm like, is that bad? Is it good? Because I don't know if it'll come up later on that she wants to like take over everything. Yeah. And I kind of like how right now she's like not because there is honestly too much going on in Red London. So I'm really happy that she stayed where she needed to be. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm happy that she just is like stayed in
0: White London and didn't really care about the other worlds yet. But you know it's gonna happen. I actually kind of agree with her, which is one of the things when I first read this series, it was that I, w- I was like, what is the point in, like, traveling these letters between mm-hmm. the worlds? I just genuinely don't understand it. Right. Um, I understand when the doors are open, it's nice to have, like, an official messenger to try to communicate but if the the worlds are closed off to each other i i kind of don't see the point in like right. telling gray london what red london is up to it just seems especially because gray london has no magic it seems like you're rubbing your nose in it but also <laughs> well and, and the, kel
1: stopped going like one because shit kind of hit the fan two because king george died and he was like fuck your son
0: Yeah. so he stopped going there which i agreed with and she's in the middle of trying to rebuild her city through magic or whatever mm-hmm. so like she's kind of going through enough Mm -hmm. what's the benefit of going to red london and seeing how they're a city that thrives with magic and gets along with magic and has a magic river that glows red and all this stuff like why i don't see how that would benefit you Mm -hmm. i do like how lila is secretly going or was Mm -hmm. at one point secretly going because it makes sense for lila to go because they had that whole experience of you know like shit hitting the fan Mm -hmm. and so she's like kind of checking up to see if anything bad's gonna happen again I don't know. I was like, yeah, and I would agree with that. She's like, why Why do I care what's going on over there? And he's like, well, you must. I'm like, why? though? Oh, he said that? Okay, I'll have to Something. find out. I'll have to find out. I that don't know page. if he says that, those um, words, but he was kind of giving the impression like, oh, you should care.
1: Did I bring this up last time? I don't know. Do you think, for the hand, thinking that people are losing magic is because Rai is on the throne and he doesn't have magic. Do you think that one, people are actually losing magic, and two, if they are, is it because white London's kind of Gaining more magic, it's definitely not because of Rye. Um, oh well, I hundred percent no, it's yeah, definitely not because the of Rye. Means nothing, yeah. <laughs> right? Right, it doesn't. Um, I was that's just a saying. I was just saying they they have this assumption. So clearly enough is happening for or or they just hate Rye and they just want him off. I don't know. But if this if there is magic being lost in Red London, do you think it's because White London's kind of taking more? these slide into my that.
0: DMs. Let me know. Yeah, V. I know you're a listener of the pod. I choose to believe what I choose to believe, and I choose to believe that V. E Schwab is our one UK listener. Okay. And if you are our one UK listener and you are not V.E. Schwab, um, thank you. First of all, and don't tell me. that you also not v. E. Schwab. <laughs> we have a Canadian.
1: <gasps> Fun! Yeah, yeah. We've gone we're, international! We have we have gone into Europe and North America. Wow. Wow.
0: Thank you to all of our listeners from across the globe. Especially V.E. Schwab, our biggest <laughs> fan. <laughs> okay, Black London. Okay, cool. So anyway,
1: making our way back to part seven. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Come back to like a Bex Callan chapter and Ferris, and he's being annoying. Moving on because I don't like him. Tess finds her way to Ned Tuttle and the five point. Because she is stabbed, she's injured, She's she can see the threads of magic, and she sees it basically leads her to the tavern
0: and Ned Tuttle. She had another thought oh please say it okay so she sees really weak threads of magic that leads her there Mm -hmm. and one of them is like dark which we can only assume is the oceron capsule in the basement the fuck i forgot about that what is that tell me so at the end of conjuring of light they capture oceron in the empire thing yeah the inheritor and they bring it to gray london they put it in a block of stone and bury it in the basement remember Mm -hmm. Kel and ned go into the basement and lila's like sitting up at the bar and she's like this is a bad idea and they bury ocerans in rock in the basement of the five points and they Mm -hmm. tell ned tuttle what it is and he knows the importance of like making sure this is very dark magic this is safe here because there's no magic here Blah 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 so tess sees a little weak string of magic which is ned's little baby magic that he is curating for himself which i love for him love for him and uh like when she's there she sees a mysterious dark thread that kind of keeps going and coming away and going and coming away and at Mm. some point she tries to reach out for it and it like reaches for her and then she like runs away and then how did i miss this but i just had the thought because it's a spoiler but like i'm jumping ahead way too far but at the end when holland and kosaka are in black london he's like hmm sounds like osaran's gone it's safe to come back here now and i'm like i don't think osaran is gone I honestly, I didn't like him. I didn't. Of course, you didn't like him. Well, oh, sorry. Well, you always like a villain. I love villains, Rachel. Okay, <laughs> Like I don't know
1: what you're talking about. But he's not like a hot villain. He's well, like no, a psychotic oh god, villain. God, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I loved Snape. I like Voldemort. I like Voldemort <laughs> too. I have so his wand you know, here's somewhere. the thing. They don't always have to be hot. I like when they're cunning. I like when they're. Yeah, I think cunning's the best word I like. I like Loki as a villain. I don't think Tom Hiddleston's hot like I like a good villain because to me they have more layers than just the hero. Like I hate all the Weasleys. They're annoying. Fuck them. But give me like Mm, I don't know about them. (laughs) Yeah, they're annoying. I don't like them. But give me a good villain. I don't care if they're hot or not. Doesn't matter. A villain can be hot
0: if they're a good villain.
1: Snape could be hot. He's not really a villain. But... Well, uh, physically attractive. You don't have to be physically attractive for me to like you as a villain. But I did not like Osteron. I don't like, I don't know, I don't like how he was like a guy but not a guy. He was just magic in the form of a
0: human. I don't know. I don't, it was just too... I was just kind of picturing like a um a stone as a person. Like he didn't really have like facial features to me. He was just kind of like a statue of a guy who moved.
1: It, it, to me it's kind of like a fuzzy... um. Oh my gosh what do they call it obscurial okay and to me that was just because i can't i couldn't imagine him have an obscurial talking
0: yeah i don't know he was just kind of like a big glass black glass stone guy yeah <laughs> but anyway more love stories i don't think he's dead Ugh. i think well first of all i don't see how he could be dead he's yeah, in a right. thing but he's not dead he's right. just like captured just he's like they need a, a genie f- bottle they need to figure out how to destroy that Yeah. Maybe Maris will have something on her ship. I love Maris. Me too. But I was just looking because I'm currently, while we're talking, my book's just open to page 382, which is when she comes back. Oh, my God. Mine was open on 381. That's why we are paperback besties. She's like reading, Kosaka came back from Black London and she's kind of reading his notes, uh, Holland's notes for when he came back from Black London. And the entry ended there, blah, blah, blah. And then there's one other on a piece of scrap paper and it just says Ozeron in big letters. And that's like, I think the first time we see his name written down in this Mm -hmm. book that I can remember. It is. And I feel like we talk about him too much for him to be unimportant in this Mm -hmm. book. Like I understand that this is the aftermath of that, but it's not. It's seven years later, and I feel like why are we still bringing him up if he's not going to be a central plot point in this next trilogy? Too many people
1: make a point about the long Dark night celebration, Mm -hmm. about how they don't think Bri should do that, so obviously I think that's going to be, I say obviously, I think that's going to be a big part of the next book.
0: I think it's going to be the essence of this series. Yes,
1: exactly. The hand and the whole thing is going to come to fruition, and then Maybe book three is everybody battling Osseron again, which honestly I hope not, but V can do whatever she wants. I'll read it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know. know. It's not going to look the same. Definitely. It's not going to be the same. Obviously, she would never do that. She's way too good. But it would it would never be like the same kind of battle again. But like, I feel like there's something going on with the bad magic of Black London. Mm. And if we're going by the blueprint of the previous series, the second book, it was like literally fun and games for the first two thirds of the book and then shithead the fan and it was really bad. And then we ended the book.
1: I like the second book a lot. I yeah, do too. I think that's my favorite out of that trilogy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was very slow to get into, but then once it picked up, I think I finished it in like a day
0: yeah I think with my my last read that I did before this one, I think I, I read that one like I think it. I'll enjoy it more in my second reread because the first time I'm just
1: like, well, when did Kelly and Lila meet each other again. I know and they uh, went together and, pretty much the whole I book know, until the end until they- Part eight is entirely Tess in her backstory, which you know i i my note I is i it. I loved her backstory. um obviously, I didn't love it for her. But it all made sense, and that's what I like about a backstory. You can see how her past has now led her to do the things that she does and why she's scared of her sister and why she's on the run. Everything just makes sense.
0: Yep. No loose ends there. There's no, like, well, why? No, it makes sense. No, No, like her mom.
1: Yeah. There's so many times where characters are just, like, characters on a page. But there's adding this, and obviously you knew she would. Adding it into the story just made it more emotional. So now I'm just like, okay, I am feel closer to Tess now.
0: Yep. I loved your mom. I love that she was team Tess. Like she was supportive yeah. of, the, of her daughter who was different and special. Because mm-hmm. how many times have you heard the story of like the youngest daughter being the one that everyone ignores and everyone hates? Mm-hmm. Overdone. So it's good that, yeah, overdone. It's mm-hmm. good that she has a family member who's on her side. And looking out for her to the point where it's like,
1: you leaving will be safer for you than staying. With your psycho huntress older sister, and father, and probably. who only sees dollar signs,
0: yeah, which is a tie that she has with Kosuka, because Kosuka's yeah mother was going to sell her too. I don't Maybe know why they meet. would bond over that, but I feel like they're going to meet somehow. <laughs> Not like that's. I mean, they're thing. both comes, like
1: the up... same age. And I'm kind of wondering is that for important? a reason? Not important, but is
0: it like done? Well, they ha- they are actually similar. So sometimes when I was mm-hmm. reading, I would get like a little bit mixed up because Kosuka had the boy lark lark mm-hmm. who she kind of grew up with and tess had nero tess had nero i like nero i do too he's cute <laughs> i worry that he's gonna pull a um stan Shunpike and actually be a death eater or in the hand Ooh. i was getting Cause
1: that whole thing in the first
0: half yeah there's one thing about vigi e. schwab that you can say is that she never does anything casually like right. i feel like everything has a purpose she will embellish and she will tell stories and she will you know like the whole bit about like the room that her her father's shop being very cluttered and mm-hmm. she would find her way back and all this stuff and the bird but the bird was important
1: mm-hmm.
0: theoretically we could have not learned all about the clutter in her father's shop but it did because it added to the story right but i feel like a plot point like that or like <clears throat> throwaway little things like that are always important mm-hmm. to be. one of my favorite chapters happened in part nine
1: which one it's a lila chapter obviously so it's after she wakes up in the palace and she sets off to find Kel so it's, it's a series of events the first thing is she his ring that she hit, wears around her neck comes out so she puts it back and and then she's walking through the palace trying to find Kel or coffee or tea or whatever it is and Correct. one of the guards calls her like my lady and she's like the fuck you just said and he's like well because you're promised to the prince and she's like the fuck you just said <laughs> and then um her seeing kel and ren together when she finally finds him but she doesn't make her presence known and like he's like you know listening to her talk about her pet egg and she's like holding on to the ring again and then nadia comes up and nadia's saying how kel will be a good father and lila's like fucking kill me so lila's just having a whole stroke at this point
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i just thought it was really funny that was another red herring scene though yes with the queen and it threw yes. me again i was like doubling down on my conspiracy theory
1: yes because i have in the note here basically how lila's having a stroke and then another red herring because yeah. lila like basically holds her at knife point but lila does that to everybody so i don't know yeah, it's just like saying hello yeah it was really cute i just like every moment where lila has to be like domestic not domestic but not lila (laughs) and see how she
0: reacts (laughs) she is very funny like objectively i love her too i really like that scene where she's kind of like watching him and she's like he is really cute with the kid but also Mm -hmm. like not not my kid (laughs) right there was a, a bit later in oh when she's in the pleasure garden later and mm-hmm. she said something about like lila didn't really ever like pleasure gardens like she just yeah. didn't really see the point and then there was a line where she was like she liked like what kel could do with his mouth sometimes and yeah. I was like,
1: oh! <laughs> no it was I actually just read this because i was doing my notes it was like oh uh, lila didn't like pleasure gardens like it's not that she shunned this is not a direct quote shunned upon pleasure she liked um fine wine nice knives and Kel's mouth when he can put it to good use. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the things that Kel can do with his mouth when he put it to good use. Yes. Like, that's so funny. That it's so cute.
0: I, I've said it before, but I really just enjoy having like a happy couple in yeah. a book because so many times they're like break up or mm-hmm. somebody's fighting with somebody and we're not speaking anymore and it's like we're just a couple we've been dating for six seven years i enjoy I, that i have a few thoughts
1: on that and i do, i want hundred percent agree with you and it's funny because they're not the stereotypical couple They're not constantly fawning all over each other. There's a moment later on where they're fighting in the five points with Tess and, like, Kel had to use magic, so he's exhausted. And Tess is even like, oh, I expected Lila to run over to him and help him up, but she's, like, fucking idiot. And she, like, walks away. Or how... Right here, it mentions the difference between Nadia and Lila and how Nadia's like, you know, she's had beautiful long hair. Now she chopped it off, which, you know, is beautiful still. And she can fill out a dress. But Lila, like, her body is just a board. <laughs> and I really, I like that a lot. Because how many times do you read a fantasy book where it talks about her curves and her boobies and how she has an ass? And it, she's so
0: petite and, and you know... It's long, luscious curls and beautiful eyes and freckles across her nose, even though she has olive skin for some reason. It's like, shut up. And here's Lila,
1: who wears men's clothing and is (laughs) shaped like a board and has been in a successful relationship with the most, who's a prince and the most um, accomplished and powerful
0: magician. I think I I, like chortled out loud about the part where she where like her dress goes or her shirt goes straight down from her shoulders to her (laughs) hips.
1: Right. And you know what? Kel's still doing things with his mouth. So
0: good for Kel. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> I like her as a person. I like her as a character. We would not get along because I would no. be afraid of her. But I yes, like same, her. Same. I think she I'd probably think she's like a huge bitch, but I, this is
1: fiction and I can dig it.
0: Mm-hmm. So Kel goes and visits Ezra. So real quick, I want to make a point yeah. about how the queen wants to get Lila's blood because she kind of mm. like teases that she could potentially heal Kel. Mm-hmm. And I think Lila makes a comment, essentially, like, I would do anything to heal Kel, but not that kind of thing. Or, like, mm-hmm. I don't trust you enough to do it, essentially. I think she stops wildly. and thinks
1: about it, but she's like, I'll get back to you on that.
0: Yeah. Because she really wants to heal Kel. And then she, like, bleeds into a teacup, and she's like, here, yeah. figure it out. I don't know. that It threw me for a loop. Because, first of all, I was really latched on to the idea that we, that you said in the last episode where we were both thrown for a loop cat, like, about how Tess is going to be the one to heal Kel. Mm-hmm. I called that shit, too. I was waiting for it. I was like, that's what's going to happen. I was like, I 100% yeah. believe that that's what." Was as soon happen. as she saw Kel, I was like, bang, bang. <gasps> I loved that. I had a mental note about that, but we'll get there. Yeah, but anyway, I was, I was fully buying into the red herring of the queen at this point. And I didn't want to because I liked their little, like, throuple that they have going on.
1: I love family. that.
0: But I was like, she's no. up to no good. Yeah, I, I still don't fully believe that she's not up to no good, but maybe she just, I think, know.
1: Rachel, she just wants to be left the fuck alone. As someone who el- else who just wants to be left alone, I see it. <laughs> I understand her. So Kelgosin <laughs> visits the true bitch, Ezra Red mm-hmm. Harry, in a different way. But then here you do find some other things that she's noble.
0: As soon as they said she was mm-hmm. noble, I was like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. But that was like a couple chapters after the bit with Lila and the Queen. What? So I was fully buying into Lila and the Queen. Oh, it, and it was then, like, one chapter later. One chapter later, we were like, oh, she's a noble. I was like, mm. there it is. Hmm.
1: Yeah, so we'll figure out more
0: about her. Later on, Alucard
1: investigates Haskins and meets Nero. Nero shows up again, and I was like, he was just like, I just wanted to bring her dumplings. Because I ate all her dumplings. I know. I was like, oh, Nero, do you want to come
0: home with me? He's cute. Um, He's giving Oliver Twist. Yeah. Or the Artful Dodger. But he's like a bone magician. Yeah. A secret bad bone magician. That's why I kind of think he's probably. He's probably yeah. in a hand because he's like the Artful Dodger and he's like a young kid who just lives on the streets and he's kind of doing whatever and then a the hand are big and powerful. This is a way, way elaborate theory I'm going off of. And the hand are big and powerful and they're like, oh, we will, you know, he's kind of like being the street rat for the, for mm-hmm. the bad guys because they'll pay and he has an evil power. We're definitely
1: not done with him. Not totally. And then Lila Alikard Alucard search Haskins and she goes and gets the glass thingy that Maris gave her but that leads her to go back to the ship. And we go back to Grey London in part 10 and we get the whole scene with Ned Tuttle, how she can see all the magic and apparently a big scene and part that I forgot where she can see the dark magic um, that is in the basement. That is why we do these things.
0: I, I want to find that
1: bit. And I think it was very, very smart on how when she went back to Red London, she was like, I'm going to go find Lila because she is powerful. And if Bex and Callan show up, at least she'll
0: be near. And I actually thought that was the smartest thing that Tess has ever done. Yes. I would not have thought of that. She's very clever. And she also speaks English, which is cute. And I like the bit where she's like, slow down. This isn't my language. And he's like, oh, I just assumed because Kel spoke it. And she's like, what? Yeah, he thinks she's an Antari. I was trying to find the the bit with the black and white. There it is. So she was drawn there by a thread of magic Mm -hmm. in the first place. She was drawn there by a thread. But she wakes up and she sees a skinny sleeping man, which is Ned. (laughs) she said the thread wasn't bright it emitted only a soft golden glow but it was there stranger still it was just ned's thread stranger still it wasn't the same thread that had led her here to this oddly familiar tavern the one she'd seen in the dark had held no color only a hollow black and white glow Hmm. and then she tries to go out the front door her hand fell from the knob just as something twitched between the wood and the surrounding wall a thread black and white emitting that impossible glow just like the one she'd seen the night before now that Tess wasn't bleeding to death, the sight of it trickled in her memory, tickled her memory. She'd seen it like before the lightness shine that seemed to eat itself. It reminded her of the shadow that clung to the cabinet in her father's shop, the one that held the relics of Black London. Mm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We're and definitely- then Tess, being smart, said even if it wasn't, she knew better to handle things that she didn't understand. So she was like, I'm not going to touch it. Right. She retreated from the floating strand when suddenly it reached for her. The magic itself twitched forward, shooting towards her with a sudden speed and force that Tess recoiled, staggering back away from the questing thread. Then she fell on the ground and dead woke up.
1: We're definitely not done with it. No.
0: That, that's a lot for V to put
1: in there, for it to just not be touched on yeah. ever again, so. So Osron, that's
0: clearly Osron, and it's still awake, you know what I mean? Like, it's still it's yeah. acting on its own. Anyway, I was like, eating that shit up. I love a, um, in, a, in an open series... I love it at, like, an open door. Like, I love when there's something like this, if that makes sense. Like, if the yeah. series is closed and there's, like, something that's a an, un, an unfinished thread, mm-hmm. I will hate it. But right now, for the same reason that I love rereading Harry Potter so much, is that, like, I love to see all the stuff that I'm like, that's important. That's going to come Yeah. Out. Yeah. I like ones
1: that make you think. It's just yeah. more than, like I've been saying, it's more than characters and words on a page. It's a whole other world that you can yeah. think about and you keep catching things. I would definitely do a reread of this at some point. I mean, you just did do a reread. I'm definitely going to do a reread of it at some point.
0: I'll probably reread all four of them before um, the next one comes out. Yeah, because who knows when that'll be. It's like two years away.
1: Okay, so that actually brings us to we're still at the five points. Just kidding. We are not at the five points. We are at the Red London version of that, Uh which I forget the name of it. But it's the tavern where Kel and Lila are not staying, even though they got a room there. So they didn't spend money on that. Um, because they never slept there. Seriously. So Lila catches Tess. Um, so Lila goes back to the tavern. Tess follows her there because she's just trying to stay safe, which is good for her. So Bex and Callan come because they're tracking her. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, Lila's already confronted her. So then they just get into a fight. And Lila realizes she has the doormaker. And they're in a huge fight. And then Kel shows up and just doesn't ask questions. And he just starts fighting too and she but starts fighting too he only has swords
0: they kind of pick up on that but yeah. tess is trying to run out the door mm-hmm. and Kel's walking in the door and he kind of like grabs her shoulder and it's it's described as like not a threatening way but like in a right. are you okay kind of way and she's been stabbed still yeah and so he says you're hurt and she looks at him and sees all his frazzled threads and says so are you and i when i read back. that i threw whatever i had in my hand and i was just like I love that. So first of all, it was just so sweet. She's like, you're hurt. She obviously knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, you're hurt, too. I don't know. It was, like, I loved Tess in that moment because she was, like, sympathetic towards him but also, like, astute and also meant that, in my brain, that she was going to heal him later. Mm -hmm. That whole exchange, and then Lila's yelling from the light top, don't let her leave.
1: And, yeah, it's a whole thing. And then Kel has to be like, oh, innkeeper, who's behind the bar? (laughs) sorry. The palace will cover everything. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I will pay for it. I'm sorry, bye. Yeah. Then Lila just becomes, like, eventually i think they bring her back to the palace and i think that's where she finds out that her magic and i like how tess finally like told somebody her power and she it was like she wrote that it's like a weight off her shoulders and lila immediately was like can you fix him and then like they just get into um... and she destroyed the persalis like in that fight oh yeah i'm sorry i have that too i just wanted to get to Count lila again mm. yeah of course <laughs> so she destroyed it lila's all pissed because it's not a decoy she destroyed the actual thing she's like i don't even want any part of this
0: can i just um, say sidebar i don't see why that's a bad idea right i think that was a good idea like first of all lila you can do what that thing can do so it doesn't matter and also yeah but also like that's a great idea like we're hunting this thing idea. there's no thing left by destroy it Right.
1: Fuck that. I think if I was in a person in this world, I'd be Tess. Not as smart and as clever as Tess is, because I don't think I think quick in situations. But I just don't want to. I don't want to deal with all this trouble. Like, just Mm -hmm. leave me alone. But I like characters that go after trouble. I guess I don't know. So yeah, there's kind of a uh, heated argument between not heated, I guess, but as heated as Calavilla can get. Argument about her healing him and lila's yelling like tess isn't there and tess was like no i can't or she's like can't won't or two different things and lila gets kind of pissy at Kel, and then she puts tess in the cell and then in the cell the queen visits and sets her
0: free i I was like there's something suspicious
1: i was like okay go ahead queen and then there i like any scene where the four of them rye Kel, lila and alucard are like having a conversation not like saving the world i liked the whole convo between Kel, Lila, and Ryan Alucard about how her power and Kel's just like, huh, she can do something you can't, Alucard. And Lila's still pissed that Kel won't let her try. And he yells at her that it's not just his life. And Ryan's like, do it and Alucard's like no and Kel's like no and Lila's
0: like fuck you guys and leaves <laughs> I actually loved I think that's my favorite chapter because I'm just like picturing Kel's just laying on the couch with like a wet washcloth yeah over his eyes and just, just like just like tired shut up <laughs> it's like so I don't know it's just like such family banter yeah out of the yeah yeah I just loved that chapter If I'm thinking about, like, Roman Empire chapter out of this book, it's that one because I'm just picturing Cal lying there like, (laughs) 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 Lila's pissed. She's bitching at everyone. And it's like, it says a couple times that Cal doesn't need to see to, like, know that, like, Lila's pacing. And And then she leaves. She's like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Right. Right. And then we flash forward to White London.
1: Casca's hanging out with friends and she makes the cherry tree. And then we learn that magic is finite, apparently.
0: Right. You can't use too much. I don't know what it was. It was like she made this cherry tree and then all the other trees like looked vaguely paler after that. Like they looked like they were a little a little Cause bit. Cuz I thought Holland
1: took her somewhere and told like showed her that magic, you know, has a price and I just don't remember cuz I finished this days ago. I don't remember what what the consequence of that was.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't either, but I think it does lead very well to your theory of White London only having a certain amount. Like, if they have, like, 10 Mm -hmm. magic, Red London has 90 magic. Now Mm -hmm. Red London... You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense that they're, like, taking some. Yeah. But there's only a finite amount. I don't know logistically, like, how that would work out in, like, V.E. Schwab's, like, beautiful language. But I'm sure... I wouldn't be surprised if that concept came into play somewhere.
1: Yeah. Back to Red London. The Queen is baiting Tess to fix stuff and we find out later that she has a plan with that. Tess what escapes. Is, what is that plan? I think the plan is just to make Tess so uncomfortable that she has to leave. The Queen was using Tessa's bait because the hand is after her. So she's like, I'm not just gonna set her off in the sunset. Like I'm gonna make her leave. Okay. I think that was the whole point of that chapter. Because when she as soon as she escapes she's immediately found by Bex and Callan. Right. And later on in part 11, so I have a note on that scene actually when she's talking to Rye, but Lila went to go find the hand because of the coin because it's a moonless night. She was all pissed at everybody. She's looking for trouble. She realizes that tonight's the night that's on the coin, so she's going to go look for the hand. Alucard, Rye, and Kel realize like that the, they go down to the cell to talk to Tess, realize that she's gone. They immediately think Lila took her. But the guards are like, nope, it was the queen. So then they go after Nadia. So when they find her, she's doing a spell to, tra- to track Tess. And Kel realizes that Lila left. Him and Alucard go to get Lila. Then it's left with Rye and Nadia, which I actually really like this scene because it's one of the only scenes we get of them alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she th- this scene reminded me of the discussion that Zayden had with Violet about Jack's death in fourth wing violet okay. didn't want to kill anybody but zayden's like this has to happen like this right. is what this is about and like obviously now that we have listeners i should kind of want to say that you know just feel like i have to disclaimer something that i don't i'm not like yeah kill all the assholes or yeah like what i'm not agreeing with nadia that in real life all lives aren't made equal right is that what she said yeah all lives aren't equal i don't agree with that personally but in this situation i see where she's coming from in this, fictional fantasy, world. In this yeah. fantasy,
0: fictional world. <laughs> I don't actually agree with her at all, but I mean.
1: I, I see where she's coming from because she has a good point. She makes a speech. She reminds Rai that he's like, well, I can't die. I can't die. She's like, yes, but you have a family. I can die. Ren can die. Like your heir. Alucard can die. The person who has your heart. They are not just coming after you. They're coming after us. And I'm so far sure I sacrificed this one girl so we can track her so we can find the hand. I see where she was coming from there. That is true. I don't think there was anything
0: malicious. I don't like that. how she was so casual about the fact that Tess could die. Like, I wish that she had done all that and then been like, plus I already have like guards tailing her or something. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to, she'll be fine. I think guards would have been too showboaty. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have been
1: low key. And I, I, I mean, she was already doing like an autopsy. Like, I don't, like, I think she's too much of a scientist to have, to be led by emotion. Yeah. She was just doing what she has to do.
0: Yeah, which I think is like her end, like end of this book explanation. It's like she's like I'm just doing what I have to do to protect my family. Like I don't even care. Like yeah. you're right, she probably has too much of a scientist brain. She's a little more like stepped back from the yeah. humanity of it all, and she's more looking at it from like facts mm-hmm. and figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and she she might
1: be evil. That might make me like her more if she does it well. I don't know. They find out that Tess is at the Emory estate, hmm. and. She has to make the new portal or she's dead. They like gave her poison. She has an hour. There's an antidote, whatever. At the same time, Lila meets up with Barris at the Vale. He mainly like knocks her out, takes her back to the Emery Estate.
0: Recognizes her immediately. Yeah. I was like, that's not a big surprise. You didn't even like try. She just walked in and was like, hmm.
1: And we get to the end of like this whole thing with Lila and Barris and whatever and Alucard and Barris and we'll talk about all that. But I'm like, wait nobody knows that tess is there too <laughs> like everyone's in the same spot oh yeah yeah and it's actually because the queen was tracking tess that that's how her and ryan knew to send the guards to the emory estate that's the only reason right. why they knew tess was there yeah yep hmm. yeah Get nadia go the big fight the big fight which i actually really like this climax i did too
0: i like most climaxes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm partial, I'm partial to a good climax, but no, I I liked it. It was quick. It wasn't like, I wasn't like drawn out. I hate it when that happens. It's easy to follow. Yeah. My other note was that in the first trilogy and in this one, the person who really wants to kill somebody or who's like they're mine, I'm gonna kill them, is never the person who actually kills that person. Yes. so like Lila really wanted to kill Holland in the last one obviously glad she didn't because Holland is important but Lila was like I'm gonna be the one to kill Holland and then Kel ended up killing Holland Mm -hmm. twice sort of Mm -hmm. and one and a half times and then this one Alucard's like he's my brother he's my problem I'm gonna take care of him and then he didn't even he wasn't even the one to kill him interesting I don't know if that means anything I just think that's interesting it's like a little bit of like a that's fun it's a little bit of a, a blue balls situation in terms of wanting to kill somebody. <laughs> they end up dead, but you didn't get to do anything about it.
1: So the shackles that I mentioned earlier,
0: Barris has them. So you're like, ooh, mm. Nadia, mm. what's going on? She said they were stolen, which like mm-hmm. I guess, and we now understand how or who stole yeah. them. So it makes a little more sense. Barris has the
1: shackles. They're
0: on, Lila, and now
1: he has her power. So when Lila activated the ring. I like how she has to activate it with it says I need you oh. so she used it and at this point Alucard and Kel are at the veil because they went after her and one I love how they got in because Kel has just learned so casually from Lila threatening the person <laughs> with the knife his, his ring goes off and he's like the fuck and even oh. Alucard's like I thought she doesn't wear it and he's like she said she doesn't. So they immediately like go to the scurrying board and Kel, just without thinking, like uses his power to go travel. He's just like, I i have to. Doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter. Didn't even it's gonna hurt me. It. I gotta go. Yep, yeah, just did it. And that's when they find that the ring has been thrown off and Alucard's confronted with Barris, and he's
0: and he's just like, Kel just go find her, and then Alucard and Barris fight. I enjoy the note that like Barris uses magic. He's not used to it. So right Badly, like, right? He's powerful, but he doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Because that made sense. Because at one point, I'm thinking like, how can he? Lila doesn't have her power because he has his. tell doesn't have his at this point. um Who's gonna? How is this guy gonna die? Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. it. Made total sense how she was like, he's never wielded power, kind of ever. So now he has the m- most power. Like he can't.
0: And also, it's good for Alucard to first of all alucard is a triad so even as just like a normal magic guy like not an not an antari he Mm -hmm. is already very powerful because he can wield three elements barris's whole shtick with why he hated alucard in the first place i don't know if this is actually a thing but i think i read in there i deciphered in there that he hates alucard because he's gay and because and because because he has magic he has he's a
1: triad and barris can't even light a candle
0: yeah so, I so think alucard not only like has the power of this wonderful family that he mm-hmm. uses against his brother at some point but he also has he's very talented at magic so barris is like the most powerful magician quote quote right now because mm-hmm. he has the most powerful magician in the world's magic except for cal but you know cal at the at this moment it has no functioning magic so he's like he has all the power but his brother still defeats him with just like normal amounts of power Mm -hmm. because he's just a piece of shit yeah and he just bit off more than he could chew it's not about the amount of magic it's about the person who's wielding it yeah it's better than you Barris. that thought was a lot beautifuler in my head beautiful i was just still thinking of you came and you called
1: (laughs) Oh, i love them there was so much happening there where like bex is in there and i like one how lila's like we'd probably be friends actually (laughs) <laughs> um, if she wasn't, you know, just an assassin who's trying to kill me at the moment. And how Kel comes in and she's like, You came, or and he's like, You called. And then she's like, I'm interrupting something. And Kel just like is taken aback to see her. And it and then it says Lila doesn't have the time or words to explain everything. So he she just says, This one's all yours. And without a second thought, Kel just like rips out a knife and just starts fighting her. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like how they have seven years of just unspoken language between them where just a few words or a look they can read each other's
0: mind yeah there's a lot of little nuances in their relationships that even in the first fight where they were in the tavern with Mm -hmm. uh tess there it was very much like don't let her leave and he's not like why he's like okay like yes yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's like all right i guess i won't let you
1: leave yeah and i I bet if that was vice versa she would do the same thing too Mm -hmm. and there was moments in there where it was very hostile like she was just so mad that he won't let Tess fix him that you're just like does she care about him like obviously she, she does she cares about him so much that she's so pissed that this isn't even an option for him so
0: yeah and then they have the little bit first of all he says you're hurt no shit kel yeah <laughs> but also he's like let me heal you and she's like no not in your fucking life you need to be able to walk and he's right. like, yeah good point because he she can't even stand up right now yeah he said, "All right, then lean on me. I can walk." And then she st- took a step and then fell. And he goes, "Lean on me, Lila." And then she did. And I was like, "That's poetic. It's not just physical lean." Going back a few
1: at the breakfast table when it's Kel and the Queen and Rye and Alacard and Ren. And Alacard's like, "Oh, where's the captain?" And the Queen's like, "Oh, you know, she left." And Kel's like. Oh. He's like, okay, and he like takes a sip and like gets up and then Alucard goes, better go fetch. Like I feel like that that's
0: how how they are. (laughs) How they are. Yeah. (laughs) Special. Anyway. They have a great, great book relationship. Yes. I love everything about their book relationship. And
1: I just like how it's different than oh, she's so curvy and luscious curls and you know, and he has like a massive dick and he's big and He's
0: just a tall, newly muscular ginger. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of a nerd. I love it. Tess is still figuring out to make a new Persalis, and Callan is in the room with her. Vex is newly Um, dead. Kel, like, stabbed her. Yeah. I don't think she's dead. dead. She's She's not She's newly weakened. Yeah. And not in the room. And um, so Tess is figuring out how to make a new Persalis. She has an idea that essentially she can make the it go instead of go to a new world she can make it go to no world at all and go in the gap in between fakes a key because he's like where's the key and she's like here it is and she holds like a piece of garbage mm-hmm. and so he Callan, is like testing it out he throws the piece of garbage the little cog across the room she's like Arrow and Pharaoh, like it opens. He's like, it's not opening to the other piece of the side of the room. And then she like kind of pushes him in, but the door won't close because it's, I guess, too magically powerful because it's going to nowhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then it becomes a problem. And then Lila and Kel find her, but I think because it keeps like booming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like destroying stuff. There's like wind blowing. Things are blowing in to the nothing. It's very dramatic. She can't figure out how to close it. She's like, I'm just going to. She's, like, very weakened at this point, and she essentially is like, I just, I'm gonna die, because he threw the antidote into the nothing. Mm-hmm. Next chapter, Alucard's still fighting Barris, which essentially is just kind of the same, I don't know, he's just out here. They're fighting. They're, They're fighting. Doing their own shit. They're having, like, a couple like, family banters back and forth, you won't stop the hand, ba 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 Fine, whatever. Then, because of the large boomings, Kel and Lila find Tess in the room with the portal to nowhere and Lila tries to close it because Kel has no functioning magic at this point she can't get it to work because it's stronger than even her Antari magic mm-hmm. and then Kel puts the cuff on himself and gives Lila the ring and he's like use me mm-hmm. and so she does and she uses double Antari magic closes the portal and it essentially knocks the shit out of Kel Mm-hmm. And he can't stop screaming. <laughs> yeah, which is not funny, but it's like vaguely funny. And he's in so much pain because his magic was used a lot, infinitely, basically. Infinitely, yeah. yeah, and now he's essentially incapacitated. And we find Tess, and then the guards come, and Alucard's like, "Take my brother away!" And then they bring Cal back, and now we're back in the palace. We went to White London. So because the doors to because the Londons are pages in a book. To go in between them would be essentially, I'm assuming, the door went in between Red London and White London into nothing. And it probably left a scar in White London instead of opening a door there at, like... I thought something. this
1: was because of the cherry tree. That makes sense. I think Kasuka thinks it's because of the cherry tree, Okay, so I thought it I. It's related okay. to the cherry Right, tree. That, is, that is the key right there. Thank you. Maybe it is, um. <laughs> but I didn't see how... Right, it was no, you are 100% tree. right, because why would this be
0: after that got it okay yeah that's definitely but that's when we kind of see the fact that the cherry tree is like blooming and it's like thriving and the rest of the trees are like looking sick right he kind of tells her magic is not infinite magic has a price blah 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 and then we end up the veer find her and they're like we have a problem Mm -hmm. and it's the tent around the scar in the world that they found right right so yeah we go back to red London.
1: lila healed tess Uh uh-huh just like
0: normal antari healing
1: yeah and they they had a sedate Kel and Kel. therefore Rye. <laughs> Rye's like drunk because
0: yeah. <laughs> he's like half sedated. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and now Lila is just
0: making Tess heal Kel. And she makes her little promise to him. There's yeah. nowhere you go that I cannot follow. And she kind of like whispers it to him and Tess, nobody's supposed to hear it, but Tess hears it. Mm-hmm. And Lila leaves. Which I don't know why Lila would leave, but, you know, she handles things differently
1: than I do. So,
0: yeah. same once broken soon repaired and then she got to work and i was very excited i was so excited and honestly like i've been thinking ever
1: since i finished the book that i'm like i'm so happy that kel is back everything's fine you know rise alive everything's normal yes and then at the end like he's still there and now lila basically takes tess to maris um mm-hmm. at test thought
0: she was a prisoner but she's not and, and i like how maris makes a point of saying that right she's right like, nobody's on my ship unless they want to be if you don't right. want to be here go away and, and she's like i think i do want to be here. yeah because she's like looking at it with wonder
1: like wow there's so much i could do here like she's safe there's no there's probably no safer place for her to be Seriously. um all this stuff is happening and i she's was surrounded like, by trinkets some of which like, are broken no and i was like oh but now that Kel is healed and better him and Lila are separated temporarily. Tempor- I know, I know. But they won't be back together until another book is out in my eyes,
0: and we don't know when that'll be, because V is very busy right now. She is. Um, And I respect that. We're back in White London at some point. Mm-hmm. A little bit before we, we dropped Tess off with Maris, which I just I just genuinely
1: love. I like that, too. She's happy. Everyone's happy. Lila's wearing the ring. Yay! Yeah. Because for the first time, like, you know, because his powers heal, they can travel easily. I kind of want the next book to pick up, and it, a scene where this won't happen but in my mind one of them engages the ring and then the other one follows and then it's just like i just
0: missed you you know they have a moment and then they go back my brain was like they do the ring and it's just like why why did you call and just like i was horny yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that too that too <laughs> they are very cute because you and i read a lot of like books with a lot of sex scenes and there's like half of a sex scene in this entire trilogy and that's it i eat it up though Oh, I did too. <laughs> it was very hot. So like but... you said, we read a lot of books with a lot of sex scenes and like you just started. But like okay, well, I, I
1: started like a year. I a know. Ago. And I, I filled your plate with them. Thank you.
0: This is still one of my favorite series and I love their re- I, I think their relationship is in fact like, probably the, I, more honestly, intimate than a lot of couples that we read that have sex scenes in books.
1: Right. I was trying to put it into words since I stopped reading um, or I finished reading this the other day and I couldn't and I think like I actually found them on when I was talking to you like 30 minutes ago, when I was just like, yeah, it's just different. It's not the stereotypical fantasy romance trope. It's mm-hmm. female who is more masculine energy and
0: um, doesn't have curves for days. Well, she even said when we saw her that she wrote Lila like a male anti hero and gave her oh, true. She, her pronouns. So she's like, I didn't really make like write like a woman, I wrote a character, and that character is a woman. And like in any other book that character would be a man.
1: True. So yeah, White London. I totally don't know what happened here because I was so just like, this is like low. this
0: is the setup for the next book. Yeah. And we touched on it a little bit earlier. But Kosaka and, and Holland are in White London. They are essentially talking about how they think the scar in the world is it's is a um A symbol that the walls between the worlds are falling Mm -hmm. and something is going to happen and the doors are going to be open again and that was such a disaster last time and they go to black london i don't know why
1: they went to black london oh oh right they did i think he just wanted to make sure it wasn't like Ostron like coming back because i don't think he knows where Ostron is i think he was kind of like dead at that point
0: no because he did it oh just kidding he did it oh, well i don't think he knows that he's in gray london in the ground but right. he knows that he's in the thing and he is gone from being pre- physically present in the world because oh. he was the one who put him in the inheritor in the first place okay well, i have um, no theory i have no theories on this because i really don't remember the end of the last book like that so oh well it's because i just read it so he goes back to black they go back back to black london and he essentially convinces her to go and he's like i I will go where you go i cannot go where you don't but there's something i must see do you trust me and she says of course and then Mm -hmm. he takes her to black london or he asks her to go to black london and they're there and holland is looking visibly like upset or triggered essentially from having been there before and having a terrible experience Mm -hmm. and she's like holland are you okay kind of thing and he's like this is crazy that this place was a source of all power hard to believe that this once was a place source of all power and it's looking like Little dust bunnies drifting in the wind. Mm-hmm. And holland just starts walking towards like the city square. They find the city square and he says, Do you feel it? She kneels touching the ground and she's like, I don't feel anything. And he's mm-hmm. like, That's the point. I feel nothing. Exactly. When I saw the crack in the world, I wondered. I did not dare to hope, but now I know. Know what? It's over. Oseron's fire has at last gone out.
1: Well, that made me, c- I-, I think when I read that, I was like, Okay, well, maybe
0: he's not bad. I don't know. I don't know. And she's like, gone out. It was true she felt no power in this place, but the mark of Osran's ruin was on everything. Do you know what that means? We can rekindle the fire now. We can restart the source. And then she says, the magic here is cursed. If we rekindle the fire, we rekindle the blight. And he says, no. I don't know. So essentially, the plot of them in in this, I think their timeline, Mm -hmm. is that they're going to try to rekindle the power of Black London. I do not think that will go well.
1: Mm -hmm. (sighs)
0: I don't see how that could go well in any way. And then because they believe, like how Red London has the theory that the magic is dying, I think yeah. they believe that the magic is breaking down the walls in between the worlds. And then they're going to try to beat us the punch. Or if the walls are broken down, then maybe now we in White London have access to more magic. We'll see. And
1: I just know that chapter, the longest, darkest night, or whatever the hell it's
0: called, is going to play a part with the hand. Oh, yeah, totally. At some point. Yeah. Oh, and then it's and does this chapter ends essentially like we can do this together and he's like trying to convince her and convince her and she says, Show me how and it's like mm-hmm. they're gonna do it. And then in the final chapter we get where it's just like the bomb drop of like <laughs> Yeah. And that is that Varys is in the cell, the evanescent Azrael goes down there and she's like, You fucking idiot, and she's revealed to be the master. The master, the bad the other girl in the yeah from the hand s- conference yep. she's like you idiot you know and he's like let me out i'll i'll do this i have a plan and she's like your plan was to get revenge on your brother you're not actually like in this for the long haul you're an idiot and he's like fine we'll do it your way the longest night party mm-hmm. just get me out of here and she's like nah i have to go i'm being summoned by the king i gotta go because she has a ring too mm, yeah that's right that's right that's right and he's like ezreal if you you know if you leave me in here i'm going to tell them about you like i'm going to tell on you kind of thing and she's like oh what a shame and then she just like kind of kills him good because i like why didn't they kill him in the first place that's what i'm saying and so she turned around and went back up to rye and she's like i am your counsel yep end of book one such a great book five stars five stars you know what I like about this book, among mm-hmm. other things, but you know how much I hate a cliffhanger? I yeah. feel very strongly like, obviously, this was a cliffhanger, but I'm not, like, dying right. until the next one. Right. And it, it's it's a setup. Yes. Cliffhanger in the way it's a setup. Yeah, it feels like the end of a season of mm-hmm. TV rather than, like, the end of an episode of TV. Yeah. I had a great time reading this with you. I'm it sorry it took too. so long to finish it.
1: No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I took long in the first half. That's my turn. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snaps. Snaps for V.E.
0: Schwab. <laughs> Can't wait for your uh, book release for the untitled book that you're currently writing temporarily titled Bones. We will see you again. Yes. <laughs> that was really fun. That was so much fun. Besties, thanks for listening. Make sure to join us next week for something else. And yet again, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Paperback Besties. Bye. Bye. All right, besties. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you Monday with another episode. Bye. Bye.